Hey guys, welcome back to Unpopular. I've got Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives back on the pod. We spoke about Bethany, of course, because we always do. We talked about transgender dating. We talked about the latest with uh, Earring Gate. Hopefully the last entry in the Earring Gate saga, but we'll see. So that is coming up in a bit. I just have some breaking news first. I went to the movies last night to see Flowers of the Killer Moon with De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio, and I had no issues no drama, no sensory problems, no meltdowns. Uh, I didn't have a psychotic break where an ambulance needed to be called. It was fine. I didn't need to cuss anybody out. Nobody was playing on their phone. No one was eating too loudly. I didn't have to hear any munching. Like, it was the perfect movie-going experience for me. So I saw it in gold class. That is like the first class of going to the movies and you get these spacious leather seats and you can like recline in them. They're huge and there's like limited capacity. So it's not a full theater. You order food and cocktails and drinks and they bring it out like so comfortable. So when I booked it, even ahead of time, like knowing that it was gold class, I was still a little bit paranoid and I was trying to decide like, okay, Do I get the two seats that are at the back in the middle or do I go to the two seats on the left at the back? So I'm kind of in the corner. I'm not going to have people on either side of me. They'll only be on like one side of me. And it's not going to be near the entrance because it's such a long movie. The movie goes for like three and a half hours. And I was kind of scared of like, okay, if I'm in the middle and the movie is going for three and a half hours people are going to be getting up constantly to go to the fucking bathroom because people are so thoughtless. Like, they don't even go to the toilet before the movie. They're just like, oh, whatever. Like, I'll just go in with, like, a full bladder and then it's, like, 15 minutes in, they're getting up to go to the bathroom already. Like, it's just so thoughtless. Like, no one plans ahead. So I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I don't want to be in the middle and then having people on each side of the aisle coming in and then sometimes, like the aisle lights where it shows the number of the seat like that. I can always see that at the corner of my eye and like, it drives me crazy. So like, and I was just thinking about that and I was like freaking out and I'm like, no, let me get the one in the back corner. And I feel like that was the right decision because it was so cozy and just out of the way. And I went there with my mom and I ordered a long black with milk on the side because it was the night session. And it was like, we went at like 7.30, but the movie didn't get out till like 11.30. And, um, I'm like, I need some coffee to like stay awake through this fucking thing. And I ordered like bread and dips and there was so nice. Like they were just so good. There was barely anybody in the theater and it's already like limited capacity anyway, but there was only about five other seats taken and they weren't even like too close to me. Like they weren't even like in the back row. They were more like in the middle, which why are you sitting that fucking close to the screen? Like it's a small theater and you're like, no, I need to be like as close as possible. Like it's mental. But I mean, I was glad because they weren't anyway fucking near me. So I didn't have to hear them or anything. And no one was making any noise. Like nobody ordered loud food. Like they did order food to come out in the middle, like I did with the bread and dips. But, you know, like the usher came in and just like quietly handed it to them. Like I didn't hear them like rummaging through their purse for um like cutlery or something and like you know munching away on nachos like whatever they ordered it was like quiet and I was like oh thank god like I didn't see anyone like with snapchat or like you know when you see the big 
bright beam of the phone. Like, it's so bad to be on your phone in the theatre, but, like, what makes it even worse is they don't turn the screen brightness down sometimes, which is fucking crazy. Like, who has the screen brightness up that bright anyway? Like, you're going to go blind. Like, that's actually bad for your eyes. It's like looking into the sun. But anyway, like, you're going to have it up that but, like, in the movie theatre where it's dark, like, it's just too much. And then when you're in the dark and then you do that, everyone can see your face because, like, it illuminates you. So do you want everyone, like, staring at you? It's almost like if you were at home and you, like, got out of the shower and it's at night and you didn't draw the curtain but you have the bathroom light on, then everyone that's, like, walking past on the footpath, like, the chink of light is going to be, like, spraying out onto the sidewalk and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, like, they're naked. Like, they got out of the shower. So that's what it's like. So just so disgusting, but, like, nobody was doing that, which was really good, and I was able to just, like, recline on my seat the whole way back. I did bring, like, a throw blanket in case it got cold in the theatre because, you know, some you never know the temperature, so I made sure I wore, like, T-shirt and shorts in case it's, like, too warm, but then I also had the blanket if, you know, like, I was getting too cold, and, like, it was just the way it's meant to be. Like, I kind of felt like Jerry on Seinfeld when he goes first class and then Elaine's stuck in coach. And it was the ideal way to watch it because, like, it is so long. So you want to be, like, as comfortable as possible. And, like, being in a theatre, there's no chance of having distractions of, like, oh, let me, like, pause it and go do something or, like, let me check on my phone. Like, you're forced to, like, sit through it. I mean, I have an attention span anyway. Like, some of you can't even sit through a TikTok, but it is good just to, like, you know, make sure that there won't be any distractions. And it was, like, a white man bad movie. People are saying that, and it was that, but, like, not in a bad way. I mean, the white people were bad. I mean, I don't know the, like, full real story of it, but, like, they were bad. So, like, fuck them. And these greedy white men come and steal all the oil money from the Native Americans. But, like, it had a bit more than that. I mean, I feel like Robert De Niro's character was a bit one-dimensional, but Leo, I think because he's such a good actor, and then Scorsese directed it, so obviously it's written well, he did a good job at showing white people do evil things and how they justify it and what motivates it. And, you know, it feels very timely with everything going on in the Middle East. And that's, like, all I've looked at for the last month is just, like, going through that. So it's, like, very front of mind. And then I go watch Flowers of the Killer Moon and, like, you could see some parallels. You know, it's a tale as old as time. And I'm so over people justifying evil shit. Like, why are you killing people? Why are you on Reddit? Like, why the fuck are you on Reddit? Like, it's disgusting. Like, they should do a movie about subreddit leo should play it no not leo because it's mostly fucking women sorry or a gay man um actually it's not all women it depends on it because i'm on the texas chainsaw massacre sub now and that's straight boys because i use that just to get like game updates and they fucking complain all the time and i did get in an argument with someone because it's supposed to be like a slower game they're playing the game like it's Fortnite. i'm like that's not how you play it they're like speed running it i'm like What the fuck is wrong? Like, go play Fortnite, though. Like, this game wasn't made to be played like that. It's very annoying because, like, it messes up your game because there's, like, a thing in the game that triggers the grandpa to wake up. It's, like, a whole thing. I can't be bothered explaining it. But you're supposed to be, like, sneaking around not to wake up grandpa. They wake up grandpa in three seconds because they're, like, just racing through the game. So that ruins it for me. But they should make a movie about these people and they should get... I'm trying to think of, like, a good actress. It would, honestly, I think it would need to be, like, Tilda Swinton playing the subreddit Karen that is, like, you know, recapping Heather McDonald at BravoCon. I did go back on the subreddit. I'm sorry. I know that I said that I was not going to look at it, but... 
after the earring gate thing, I had to go back on there to see what they were saying. And I saw that some fucking Karen literally was like at home and they were watching Heather McDonald's like Instagram and they were like, they were recapping like by the minute what she did all weekend at BravoCon. It's like, it's so scary. Like I read through it and I'm like, oh my God, then I want to keep reading the comments and I'm like, put it down, put it down. Like, this is demonic. Like you're opening a fucking portal to hell. Like this is like building a house on a Native American, like burial ground, like get away from this, but just crazy. But the movie is pretty easy to follow. Like I actually thought it would be a bigger story because it was so long and it was Scorsese. I'm like, okay, is this going to be like a big, you know, Cowboys and Indians historical epic, but it's set in a small town. There's kind of like limited characters. Like you can figure out who most of the people are. It's not like, you know, every five minutes, wait, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Cause sometimes you do that. And it's like, Sometimes you do need to be pausy and, like, going on Wikipedia of, like, hang on, why why are they related? Like, who's she again? But, like, you can pretty much tell who everyone is. It's very insidious, but I couldn't justify the runtime. Like, I liked the insidious evil that went through it and just watching, like, slowly as these fucking white devils came and, like, took all of the natives' money. Like, it was juicy, but... It just, it, it was not good enough to be that long, sorry. Like, they should have probably made it, like, a limited series and maybe added some more story and characters, like, beefed it up or something. I don't know, but I'll give it, like, four out of five. I mean, it was nice to watch a real movie for once because I did used to be, like, very into movies. I do have good taste in movies, honestly, and lately, like, I don't feel like I've been nurturing that. Like, I do watch a lot of, like, dumb movies. Like, the last movie I watched was Five Nights at Freddy, like, opening night. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to see this. <laughs> so, it was cool to watch, like, a real movie. Um, and this will sweep the Oscars for sure. Like, I mean, it ticks all the boxes. It's, like, diverse. It's political. They love that. Like, oh, my God, someone was oppressed. Give it all the Oscars. Like, it's got all that going. Leo's in it. They love that. De Niro, Scorsese, like... Who the fuck else would they give it to? I don't know. Um, And Leo was way too old for the role, by the way. Like, I can't remember which one. He's back from one of the fucking wars. And um, I'm like, you know, you're too old, bitch. Like, people went to war, like, much younger back then. And I looked up a photo of the real guy because it's based on a real story and he looked much younger than Leonardo DiCaprio. But he's such a good actor, so it kind of, like, doesn't matter. But I was like, you're old, bitch, and you're dating, like, teenagers. But anyway, um, let's get into the episode. If you want my Bravo recaps and rants, head over to Patreon, um, patreon.com slash unpopularjp for five bucks a month. You get a weekly bonus episode on all things Real Housewives and more. Leave me a five-star review on Apple if you can, and share the pod with your friends, post it on social media, all of that stuff. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey guys, uh, I have one of your favorite lesbos back. It is Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives. How are you? Hey girl. Hey girl, how are you? I had to say that you're one of the favorite lesbos because now obviously I'm friends with uh, Julie. So you've kind of... Yeah, Julie who I've, Julie Goldman, who I've been defending for years now on their behalf, like unbeknownst to them, like I have been singing their praises... You have every time their name came up, you would say to me, Jacques, how do you not like Brandy and Julie? I'd be like, I hate them. And now I like love them and I'm obsessed with them. I have Brandy's phone number. We do text. 
I mean, it's it's a thing. No, but here, but here's the backstory. It's not like oh, I'm just a fan of theirs. Like this is I've known them from a whole other life. Like we worked together on this website. We I've been in Mexico with them. Like I worked for them like in some weird capacity like over a decade ago. Like this is from person. This isn't like oh, I heard them on Juicy Scoop and they're really funny. Like no, 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 no. no. They're actually an actual endorsement. They're actually so nice. And it's so funny now. Like, as soon as I talk to them once, now I love them. And well, I better remain your top gay. The way how Howard Stern names Andy Cohen his top gay. You can't replace, after all this time, you're going to replace me with Julie as top lesbian. I don't think so. (laughs) She does have more followers than you, I think. So, I mean, I am taking that. I don't give a shit. No, I don't no, care. You're my OG. I actually think you are like my first lesbian friend, which is crazy. Um, That's really sick. <laughs> um, there's so much I want to get into with you. Can we just like talk about Bethany off the jump to get it out the way? Because obviously Bethany's going to come up. Like we talk about Bethany all the time. You have a yeah, podcast. Why would this? Why would this time be any different from the other times? Yeah, I mean your podcast. It's essentially a Bethany podcast, even though it's supposed Fuck to be. You. Br- it is br- <laughs> it's supposed to be broad dives into pop culture. It's it's the Bethany Hour with Jess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. Your most recent okay, episode maybe- was about Bethany. Okay, maybe the most recent was, but at least I wrap it in like here's like an actual OG producer. It's not just like dicking around like everybody else. Here's an OG producer to discuss Bethany. Here's an astrologer to discuss Bethany's chart. Um <laughs> I hate you. I <laughs> No, no, so, this this is good. I, can we talk about I want to talk specifically about Do you want to tee this up? There's a new variety interview with like the head chairman Francis uh what's her name? Frances uh, Berwick, who used to be the president of Bravo, she's now the chairman of NBC Universal. Yeah, and so, she yeah. she did this big variety article. Um, at first, I was thinking it was like a damage control thing because of the quote unquote reality reckoning, but really, I think it was just because BravoCon was on, so they were doing press, and obviously, the reality reckoning came up, and uh, they asked they asked about the reality reckoning and about Bethany and. This is the quote. This has sort of been going a little bit viral among all the Bravo fans. Um, She says, she pitched us three shows and the three shows were all around our Bravo IP. There was one about a Real Housewives camp that she wanted to run for Real Housewives kids. There (laughs) There was one around her podcast that is called Rewives because it's about housewives. We found that to be too similar to another show that we have on the network. One on every night. And the other one was a spinoff of a cast she wanted recommended for the housewives in another town can these ideas are so like creatively bankrupt i mean i i want to do watch what happens live but with my podcast i want to go to camp with the housewives children like what the fuck was she thinking i mean saying she wants to send them to a camp not the right word <laughs> like in this day and age <laughs> like could we use another word Maybe it's the, the fat camp is- that um, Jill sent Allie to. Oh, I hope. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, the ideas are all just like retreads. And I mean, it sounds like she wanted to do, remember Bravo chat room with like Hannah Burner? It sounds like she wanted to do a thing like that. I mean, it's- where she would basically like, re- why? Here's the thing for somebody who's like, I'm beyond housewives, I'm above housewives. 
There is nobody more obsessed with Housewives. Obsessed. Yeah. I mean, to be pitching these shows They're behind back. the scenes. Like, I... I don't think that it makes her a hypocrite that she's pitching shows, but it's like the fact that they were all around like kind of like housewives themes was insane. Like you're literally pitching housewife shows after everything you've said on your show. I mean, that's why she got called out by Andy on Watch What Happens Live that time when he was like, so you've done a housewives podcast and she took it so personally that she launched the reality reckoning just to get back at Jeff Lewis and Andy Cohen. Um, And then he probably, now I think back to when he was sort of calling her a hypocrite, he probably knew that she was pitching like, let me go to the housewives kids camp. Mm -hmm. And he was probably seeing the hypocrisy and not really being able to say anything, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what she's going to do with the rest of her life. Like, I just don't understand how she can be creatively fulfilled with this fucking podcast. Like, I mean, she recently had, I was just looking to see what she did this week, and she had an interview with Denise Richards, which I actually, I never listen to the podcast unless, like, Raquel is on there. But I did listen to the interview with Denise Richards, and it was interesting. She Denise was basically saying that she would go back to Beverly Hills, and it kind of took Bethany by surprise because she was like, her whole thing is like, oh, so they didn't abuse you? Like they didn't? <laughs> like she's learning that not everybody is here to like. Some people are happy to do it. She didn't abuse you. It's like a leading like cop that's trying yeah. to like pin and the crime, also, and it's. And it's weird. It also didn't. It, oh, every every question she asks is a leading question. <laughs> it, I mean, in, even in like the Jill and the Raquel interviews, every single question is teed up to have some sort of like gotcha moment or some sort of like clickbait. And then she realizes that it's more nuanced than these people are human. So it never really goes entirely the way she wants. But the Denise Richards one, I would say, is worth checking out because Denise is an interesting subject. I quickly wanted to I wanted to say that I loved your Britney episode because like I listened to the book and I loved everything you said. I completely agree with. A lot of and, people said that to me. And you and I both are big Justin Timberlake fans, which I guess in today's day is not a popular thing to say, but I don't think we can disregard justified like we're not going to flush justified down the toilet we're not going to flush future sex love sounds down the toilet like every album he's put out maybe with the exception of man of the woods has been stellar so i want to know in your opinion is he done like do you think this actually did him in and has this absolutely destroyed any chance of an actual in sync reunion tour um it's an interesting question because obviously there's always like social media versus reality, but the stink that he's had on him, like, I mean, it's been really bad. They've been pushing the Janet Jackson thing for years, even though it was literally her fucking halftime show and it was her decision and it was her fucking publicity stunt. They somehow made a way to make it Justin's fault. And people think that I'm biased when I say that. I'm literally the biggest Janet Jackson fan. When I was in, I did like a music business course in like a community college here. And I think I did like a fucking three hour talk on like Janet Jackson's life to the point they're like, can you just like wrap it up like this is like stop like this is meant to be like a 25 minute presentation you've been standing here for hours talking about janet jackson so i'm like the biggest janet jackson fan ever and it's like that fucking super bowl was literally her fault um i don't know i think justin maybe could but i think it's going to come down to britney exposing herself 
more. And I think maybe that's in a sense why Justin hasn't said that much because it's like Britney's fucked up and Mm -hmm. eventually it's going to come out clear as day, you know, and what there's people out there like us that are kind of seeing what's going on. And then I think that it's going to like come to the light. So, yeah, I don't know. I think he could have a comeback. I mean, he is, he's iconic. He's an iconic pop star of the 2000s. He could do a Vegas residency and it would be successful. Although I will say that I think the media has it out for him so much that the media would come after him in a sense that like, if there was like one show that wasn't completely sold out or whatever, like they would highlight that and make it look like the it was a flop. So I think he has a lot going against him. I just don't think he can survive the. I don't think he can su- survive the way the public the way the public is rallied around Britney, and he represents the enemy for X Y Z reasons. And she's spelling out the reasons like very specifically. I don't think he can come back from this book. They're not true. Like, the things in that book are not true, like I said. And I was, I got caught up at work, so I haven't had time. But I actually was going to put together an article of, like, going through, like, fucking oh, list shit. lies of debunking the stuff. But it's just going to take a lot of manpower. And I was, whatever. I did not have time the last week. And I even reached out to, I talked about this on Patreon, but I reached out to the wife of that Adnan, you know, the, 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 Pakistani British paparazzi guy that she was yes. sleeping with. Yeah, he was married at the time, and in the book, she's like, "Oh, I didn't no, the know. guy who she says they almost drove off the cliff and yes, the Hollywood Com- Hills, yes, completely normal behavior." But I wasn't doing anything <laughs> wrong. I only almost drove off a fucking cliff, like, and the <laughs> um, I reached out, and she wanted too much money basically to talk. But um, I have just back one more thing on Bethany. I have a little bit of tea, but I have to be really vague because I don't want to get sued. And it is allegedly, I heard this through someone that knows someone, whatever, but I won't even name what the company is, but one of the charities that I know that Bethany's involved with, I did hear that they're not like super happy with her PR wise and just kind of her antics lately. I'm, I don't think that she's that popular behind the scenes at the moment across the board. Like, obviously, she's burned all these bridges with, you know, NBC and probably a lot of production companies because a lot of them probably now feel, uh, and networks are probably concerned to work with her because of this. You know, it's a small industry. Like, people talk. Like, people can be at a different network. There could be people at NBC that are then talking to, like, Warner because they used to work together and going, yeah, don't work with Bethany. Um, And then I heard that, yes, a, a big charity that she's involved with allegedly possibly is like wanting to distance themselves from her and someone actually said they think bad stuff's going to come out about bethany maybe but the the gag is she actually published a book like in the last year or two say sort of outing herself at how horrible she is to work with does that business is personal book (laughs) it's insane it talks about how she fucked up the mark burnett deal how she got fired from sirius which is that story is like very old but she actually like goes into detail anybody who reads that book i mean i think it's wild that she even printed all of that because i guess it was it was a cash grab like she didn't even promote the book but to actually put that in black and white why would any person ever want to work with you again what did she say about Mark Burnett? Do you remember? Something that that it was about the making of The Big Shot with Bethany, how 
she was basically wanting to fly by the seat of her pants and change things. I mean, the, what you basically saw on the show, how it would change like day to day. And she figured out one day how to save the show and how to produce it. And everybody had to run around in circles following her command. And then they were signed for another deal and how it just didn't feel right to her. It just didn't feel right to her to work with the biggest producer in all of entertainment, Mark Burnett. And so she you know, she gave up the deal, which I don't know why. Of course she didn't give it. Right. She, she went to the podcast <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I turned down a deal with Mark Burnett to do a fucking Housewives recap podcast. Yeah. Go, you have to get the audiobook for Business is Personal. Find the chapter where she talks about this deal because in it, she's talking about how she thought it was going to tarnish the podcast in some capacity. Like the podcast is with us in business as personal. It's up to date as far as like doing the podcast and the podcast deal. Like she was going to have a deal, I think, with Mark Burnett. And then she flushed that to be with iHeart, literally the worst podcasting company known to man. <laughs> People like iHeart Radio does not have editors or producers. They have little... They have Barbies for well, editors and producers. So I, I've um I was listening to actually two teas in a pod, which I don't usually listen to it, but Alex Baskin was on, and um I'm, I'm trying to listen to things with producers and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was listening to that, and the audio levels were off, and I'm like, isn't this the number one podcast? And like Tamara's voice was like three times louder than Teddy and Alex Baskin, and I'm like, did no one fix the mics and like level this? This is a number one podcast. I mean, I was shocked. I think you and I it's, are very anal about our quality and stuff with our podcast. Like, we put a lot I'm into crazy, it. I'm crazy when it comes to sound, but I just do not understand how a show like that it's like half the time, it's like, is the mic plugged in? Like, are, like, when we're on Zoom, do we have the preferences set to the mic? Like, it's not that difficult. It's pretty easy. It's really I, not. It's not rocket science. I swear to God, listeners, it, this is not rocket science. And there's I programs. I can teach a third uh, grader to do it. There's programs afterwards that you can put through to level the audio out, or you can. They usually record the files separately. So if one of them's blown out, and you can like level like this. If you have an engine, it's easy to do. Like I've had a couple of issues with interviews I've done, and I've sent them to someone, and they've fixed it up. So yeah, I what what let me ask you, what has been your biggest fuck up in recording i guess with uh, a guest oh my god who oh i did i had one where it just i've had ones a couple where they just did not work at all i had a friend on years ago and there was one of it was probably the first year that i had my podcast and she was on married at first sight i had a couple of the guests that were on that married at first sight season on my show because it was a really iconic one that aired in the uk and it was huge over there And she actually had a really funny, juicy story about having sex with one of the guys that was on the newer season of the show. And her storyline when she was on Married at First Sight was that she hadn't had sex in, like, over a decade. So she broke her sex drought with the guy from the new season – and she didn't want to talk about it with me. And then I got it out of her because we're, we're not friends anymore, but we were friends. It was so fucking funny. And then I listened back and the complete audio was f- just fucking botched and there was no way to get it back. And then she wasn't going to retell the story because she never wanted to. I mean, it wouldn't have been the same anyway because the magic is gone. But, yeah, so I think that was. Um, hmm. But I'm glad it's never happened with, like, an A-lister or something. Like, that would... That would kill me if I 
had like some huge get on the show and then the audio like that's my fucking nightmare i mean i get anxiety before i record a lot of the time because i'm getting anxious that the audio is not going to work and then you have fucking two t's in a pod no offense love you tamara but you have these big shows coming out and the audio is blown out and one person's like three times louder than the other it's like appalling See, I never had like a technical, the close, I had a, a horrific thing happen to me where we were into COVID. So suddenly I was working from home. Like normally I go into an office, like I work full time in tech and design. I think people know that. And so suddenly I'm working from home and I'm interviewing. Do you remember my life on the D list? Did you yes. watch that with Kathy Griffin? I didn't remember watch it, her but I remember it. So her assistant was a big part of that show, Tiffany, and like very likable girl. She was on the show for years. And so I'm in it now that I'm working from home. I'm just like, if if it's a meeting that I know I'm not speaking in, I would literally just like turn my camera off and like do interviews, like record the podcast. So <laughs> I set up I set up two computers. I have one computer that's connected to my work meeting, like a big Zoom. It's like a big town hall that like whatever, like I'm on mute, no mute, no audio, no video for me. And then I have my other computer that's set up. So she hops on the Zoom and I'm like, hey, Tiffany, you know, like, how are you? I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna do a quick intro. And I start like hey this is jess from hot takes like whatever and all of a sudden i hear like a ding like i hear like a slack notification <laughs> and it's my friend at from work and she goes jess what are you doing she's like we can hear you and then my boss goes what was that <laughs> And I go, so I say to my friend, oh my God, thank you. So I quickly like put it on mute. I ignore my boss. And then in the middle of the interview, I like have to respond to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I tell him like, hang on a second, like just hold on. And so I respond to him being like, he, and he said, he goes, are you, he goes, are you recording a podcast? <laughs> like he didn't even know at that point that I had a podcast. This is what outed me. He goes, are you recording? He goes, are, do you know? He goes, that's what he is. He goes, do you have a podcast? Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I said, I can't talk about this right now. I said, I'm paying attention to the meeting. <laughs> and so then I go back to interviewing Tiffany. And I thought I was going to die a thousand deaths. And then later that week, like on Friday, we had like we had like a team meeting and I'm like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And so he was just like, so he, he was very good about it. My boss, he was like, so I Googled your podcast. That is so mortifying. I would die. Thank I wanted God you to die. Thank God you didn't get in trouble. Can you imagine if it was like a big no-no and then they like chastised you? Well, there's no way it's a yes. It's, of course, it's a no-no. I know. but what, it's In still- what universe? <laughs> How were you able to like go through the interview with Tiffany while that's I, like I my anxiety? Vomited. I was that's what kind of professional I am. Well, Jesus, <laughs> my, you're a my, tough New Yorker. My, my stomach was like in knots. I wanted to ask your opinion. One last Bravo thing. What do you think of your girl Jenna Lyons bashing Bravo all over the place? Which I think is so fucking funny, honestly. Yeah, I thought I think it's hilarious. I don't think first of all, I really disagree with you. Like you're running around town, you're running around Australia broadcasting to the world saying that Jenna Lyons is the worst housewife she ever is. ever. Um the number honey, one worst like to, housewife of all time. Okay, I'd like to direct your attention to Diana Jenkins. She was amazing. I can, 
I'd like to direct your attention to fucking Kristen Takeman, who is going to be destroying our television screens. I cannot believe they should have just left it an empty cast. Kristen was like, she wasn't great, but like I, she, I wasn't like, oh, like wanting to kill myself every time she was on TV. Like Jenna Lyons is like, why the fuck are you here? It's so she's miscast. You just have a I perfect, I mean, you're obsessed with her. You read her astrology. You, like, want to marry her. And it's, no, you've I got don't. the blinders on. Like, if that was anyone else, you'd be like, why is this person on the show? Like, this is so bad. But because it's Lesbo no, Jenna, you're obsessed. That's, no, that's that's not true. There's There is, under any circumstance, I would find her interesting. But not on I this show, really on a different show, maybe. I don't think she's going to be back. Well, of course not. If she's, like... The fact she even skipped BravoCon is a lot. And then on top of it, to tell the reporter, yeah, I was twiddling my thumbs instead of going to BravoCon. <laughs> she, like, detests it. Like, she thinks it's disgusting. I, let me ask you, I, I'm trying to figure out what is really in it for the talent. Like, I'm, if I were a Bravo talent, if I were Bravo talent, I wouldn't want to go either. So, like, what is in it for me? It sounds very expensive. You have to pay for all the hair, makeup, No, they wardrobe. pay for your hair and they pay for that. Really? Yeah, I read that in – it might have been in that that Variety article. I saw it somewhere. Oh. Bravo, actually. But I don't know if they pay you an appearance. No, they must. You must get a lower no, appearance. They pay, no, they pay you $5,000. At least the first iteration of BravoCon, which is the only one I went to – I know that they all got $5,000, but that's, well, they, I guess that's they, enough for wor- for hair and makeup, but not, not but wardrobe. No, they, they pay, they pay for, they don't do your wardrobe. You have to do your own wardrobe, but they pay for hair and makeup and glam and your accommodation. And um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think they have all these, like, I think it makes a lot of money for Bravo because I think they have all these like branding advertising like sponsorships and stuff in there it's essentially like a big upfronts with the fans but yeah i i would not want to go either but i think that it's kind of like i think as far as your ego goes even if you're thinking like i don't want to go there once you know people probably enjoy having fans fawn all over them like imagine going being you're like a housewife or a fucking bravo celebrity like some you Danielle from fucking summer house and you go to BravoCon and you're being treated like you're taylor swift i mean that's what it's like erica erica jane looked like she was gonna die of embarrassment the entire time there's definitely some that i think think that it's embarrassing that they're like ugh, like 100 percent. there are some people like that. did i watched some of the watch what happens live i had to fast forward it's like nothing happened they nothing happened versus like the first one actual news came out like i remember i was covering the first one and i remember it like i was taking notes like my notes app it, it, it i just remember so much was happening and it was actually exciting this just feels like so safe it's it's disneyland it's safe disneyland yeah, well, I mean, and it's the same kind of crowd that go to Disneyland, like those adult Disney fans. That's like BravoCon vibe. Um, you're paying like $1,000 to watch James Kennedy do a push-up on stage and to, like, I was ripping it on my Patreon. So, guys, if you want to sign up to Patreon, hear me really get into BravoCon. It's like, 
you paid $1,000 to watch a Housewives nightcap interview on stage. So, like, which city would you like to go on if you weren't on Atlanta? It's like, oh, my God, I'm standing in a crowd to watch this. Like, okay, what is your favorite catchphrase? Hmm, I think it's who gonna check me, boo. Woo! And everyone screams and stuff. I'm like, I think I have better things to do than this. Sorry. Um, my, we have to get- my friend. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, no, no, Can I go, say go. one quick thing? But yes. So my my friend, so you know how Karamo hosted the Vanderpump Rules uh, yes. panel? So my friend, my friend, he, whatever, he was the moderator. My friend works for him, like works for his show. And so he went out there to help cover it. And I asked him, I'm like, did Karamo like prep at all? Like, is he allowed to ask any of his own questions? They said, no, he's not allowed. To, they, they're they not really allowed to ask any of their own questions. It's only if they choose to like go rogue in the way like Jeff Lewis did and maybe one of the others did. But they have to really stick to it's a produced segment the same way Housewives is produced. They now just produce these panels and they have to wear an IFB, which is like an in-ear the way they do on The View. So produce if they go off, the producers start yelling at them in ear as a way to discourage them from going off so actually jeff lewis said on his show that he refused to wear the ifb because he didn't want to be yelled at so he's like no no no, don't worry i won't need that and because he was the first one of the week he just got away with it okay i love that and i was actually thinking about jeff lewis we're going to talk about the earrings thing in like one second but sidebar from that why isn't jeff still on bravo because i saw that he has that hollywood house lift show i haven't watched it but like it looks pretty good i mean if i had more time like that i would watch that show and it's on amazon freebie and it seems to be doing well and it's like it's weird that they have jeff lewis at bravo con and you know up there with andy etc but then he has a show on amazon freebie like that should just be on peacock i agree i think it's weird yeah, yeah. i think You're totally was, right i think it was sort of like they kind of fired Jeff and then he just went out and went off and got another deal like straight away. And they probably realized it was like a, the wrong decision, but it, like it was sort of too late because he's already got a deal now with another network for another show. Mm-hmm. So um, I think Jeff, it's all Jeff is like another one of these like Vanderpump Rules people or whatever that they thought, yeah, we don't need you anymore. And then they realized like, oh, wait, like you're actually still good talent for us. So. Let's let's get into Heather McDonald earring gate, which I had uh, a lot of requests on Patreon for me to talk about this. There's a another twist in the earring saga. I'm so over this saga, to be honest, but I also am like happy for you know Heather to be speaking her truth because it is quite the bombshell revelation. So people don't know the backstory of this because they did cover this on Patreon. I kind of kept it off the main show. Heather McDonald's a podcaster. She was accused of borrowing these earrings from Krista Lamas. Um, she borrowed Krista's earrings, quote-unquote diamond earrings, and then she didn't return them and she got blasted by it. She got blasted by like Jeff Lewis and Jeff Lewis went on his radio show at the time and he's like, Heather borrowed $10,000 $10,000 earrings from Crystalamus. That's a felony. Anything over 10K is a felony. And she didn't return them. And then Heather freaked out and Heather reached out to Krista to try and sort it out. And Krista went, well, they're actually 3000 They're not 10000 So Heather paid $3,000 to Krista, wrote her a check for three k. Then a couple months later, 
Heather had the earrings appraised. Heather had this whole backstory of, like, she was getting them appraised for charity or whatever. I think she just started to suspect that, like, something wasn't going on, so something wasn't (laughs) right with their story. So she got them appraised, then found out that they were cheap, fake costume earrings that were worth at most $100, most likely less, and that either Krista, Jeff, or both of them had lied about this. So... Heather had this information. Well, her thing, her, she's saying that she thinks that it was a premeditated, that she's claiming that, th- this is where I think it's a little, a bit of a bridge too far. She's claiming that, that Justin Martindale, who was her friend who used to be on Juicy Scoop, who now is, now Jeff has uh, scooped him up and now he's on every other week on the radio, that the three of them like were in collusion together which like i i don't think it was like that premeditated. yeah well like, i mean i don't know kind of what heather had heather had a um a valerie cherish moment which i was living for where she she dropped the bomb at her BravoCon live show she wasn't at BravoCon, but she did like a, a show around BravoCon in vegas and she live show and she she dropped the bombshell about the fake earrings and then she went on Instagram right after and she was like, they plotted to take me down and now I've caught you. Take that. And it was so Valerie Cherish. It was very season Ugh. two Valerie Cherish, you know, when Valerie's like taking her power back more, season two. And I was sort of thinking, I'm like, if this was an episode of The Comeback, what would have happened is like, you know, Heather Cherish would have come on and been like, you know, take that. They were fake. And then at the end of the episode, she would have come home and then her maid would have found an earring and then she would have realised that she had accidentally appraised one of her own costume jewellery earrings and that the Krista's earring really was worth like 10000 and his real diamonds. So I feel like that, that's what would have happened. But look, I think, no, I think Heather was just emotional at that time. I don't know if she genuinely believes that they all plotted in that way, but I do think, I don't think they all plotted together, but I definitely think someone was intentionally lying. What I think happened was, I think Krista lied. I think Krista, I think Krista lied about the earrings being real, because that's, Heather's whole thing was like, Krista never asked me for these earrings back. You know, we never mentioned it. So I just assumed that, you know, they were they were just like cheap earrings and it wasn't a big deal. And then I think when Justin Martindale and everyone was like getting on this cancel Heather bandwagon, because it was like a pile on. I mean, you remember it, right? Everyone was coming out of the woodwork to all pile on Heather. It was like five against one. I mean, even Kelly Dodd got in on it. It was a lot. So I think Krista said it to Jeff, and then I think Jeff, being just a complete bitch, went on his show and then just threw out the number 10,000 to say the felony thing, to just rub some salt in the wound. Like, they were actually, I think they were 10,000. That's a felony, just being a bully, essentially. He's a professional, he's a professional exaggerator. Yeah, so he exaggerated from there, but I think he was misled, because he would, I don't think he would have said even though he he was exaggerating with the 10K, I don't think he would have come on and said that if he knew they were costume jewellery. So I believe that Krista was like, yeah, she borrowed my diamond earrings and then Jeff made up a number off the top of his head to pretend that Heather committed a felony. (laughs) Um, And yeah, now, now it's switched around. I think the tide... I think the tide's turned again. Like, if you go on Jeff's page, it's a lot of, like, negative comments. Like, I think people are kind of, like, back on Team Heather now. Because it was a game. Would you go on, after everything that's happened, like, we've seen 
all of his fallouts with so many people over the course of his time in the public eye, especially now, like just in the recent like seven months on the radio, would if they called you up to go on to sit in the chair to like laugh at his like Monroe drop off stories, would you do that? Would you? Um, No, because even just taking away personal feelings, now I'm, you know, friendly with Brandy and Julie and Heather, Mm. so it's like, show some loyalty. Like, Brandy and Julie asked me that, and they're like, you would go on his show in a second. I'm like, no, I'm like, you don't don't have to go on every show. Like, it's okay to be like, you know, I'm friends with – yeah, it's okay to, like, show some some loyalty. I don't Mm. think that you have to, like, put your own – like, because – you, what is that worth? Like, what's that going to get me anyway going on Jeff's yeah. show? Like, nothing. Re- I mean, who cares? Like, oh, my God, wow, I'm on Sirius. Like, no, I wouldn't care that much. But the the airing thing afterwards, so did you listen to the Juicy Scoop episode where then Brandy and Julie came on? Because they mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. they yeah, they used to be part of Jeff's show for a while. I don't understand what their falling out was, but they hate him too. And then it was basically Brandy, Julie, and Heather all together then trashing Jeff for like an hour about, what a misogynist he is and how he comes after women and don't talk about us anymore. I mean, they were, they were pretty mad. I mean, they were posing on Instagram with like a picture of the, uh, the certificate showing that they were fake earrings. So, I mean, I, I mean, I enjoy the war between the two shows. I know that, that Heather and Brandy and Julie were saying they don't want Jeff talking about them anymore, but I mean, I, I enjoy the rivalry. I wish this was a reality show. I like the Jeff Lewis Live versus Juicy Scoop crew. I mean, it's true. He he really is just doing the Howard Stern show. Like, the this is Howard, like, 101. Even down to the, like, all the controversies around his after show. Where do you think that idea came from? Like, that is the Howard Stern wrap-up show. Like, the entire template of, of him just making all the people in his life, like his assistant, making everybody who works for the show characters. Okay, fine. So yeah, like it's the gay, it's a gay Howard Stern show. Yeah. Which is, which is brilliant, but he's so toxic that it's becoming gross. I mean, look, I'm just going to be real. So obviously I'm team Heather and Brandy and Julie the whole time. And I think Jeff's mean. And I thought that Jeff helped start this shit from the beginning with winding Justin Martindale, actually. So I think Jeff Lewis is like a bit of a Lisa Vanderpump. But like, I also enjoy him being mean and toxic and a bully. Like, it's entertaining to me. Like, I enjoy the bullying. So I think he should continue being toxic. I think Heather, Brandy and Julie should continue fighting back and speaking their truth. And I think that you know, let everyone say their piece and then the people can decide. I thought it was very telling that after Heather dropped the bombshell about the earrings, then when Jeff went on his show, instead of addressing it directly, he was like concerned trolling where he was like, you know, we're just really worried about Heather now. Like, you know, people are saying that she's gone off the deep end and she just really needs to let it go. It's like, well, you actually didn't let it go. You ran with this and, like, took it to the fucking bank to, you know, and did a pile on and stuff. So you can't suddenly be like- What Jeff doesn't understand is that women- are always going to eventually stick, like even Megan Weaver, who used to do a show, and that was a whole other fucking problem they had. She's now like back friendly and fine with Heather, and they had their own problem. Women are always going to 
stick together. Women find far less value in a bitchy gay than he thinks. Even a bitchy gay of power, I think they it's just a better time with women than a than a gay guy like him who is probably like he's clearly like very misogynistic. He only goes after the only men he goes after are guys who he dates, so Stu and Gage, who he had Monroe with. Like, I think that that is deranged behavior. Yeah, and I, I'm all he for hate, the women. He hates, he, he hates women. Oh, okay, that's a struggle. Well, that's kind of what Heather and Brandy and Julie would well, say. Well, this is what the evidence, I yeah. mean, I paid attention. I listened to the show. Like, I can tell you. You can hear it in the tone of his voice. Well, I said from the beginning, and I remember someone left me a comment about it and it kind of stuck with me because I thought it was stupid, but when Brandy and Julie had their first falling out with Jeff, this is before Heather and Jeff fell out, then Heather had Brandy and Julie on Juicy Scoop, and it felt like, even though they didn't really address it specifically, it felt a little bit like reading between the lines, the the, the girls are sticking together right now. It was felt like they were sending a message of, like, we're sticking together. And I said, good, chicks should stick together. Because <laughs> um, the men do, because look at Andy and... Andy and Jeff and all of that, like they're going to stick together. And I mean, it's been a topic well, of no, they have their own, they have their own. They do, but they're Bravo, still they're, yeah. they're still on stage at BravoCon together. You know what I mean? Even though they have their own issues, at the end of the day, they're still working together and doing business together and have Radio Andy together and and you know all of that. Um, so the women should have each other's back because the men are going to have each other's back. The the get the gay dudes do and. Um, the last time I talked to you, you were dating a married woman in New Orleans. I think that's over now. Like, what? what's the latest? Well, I told you we were catching up over a voice message uh, last week. And I no, the, the, I'm just friends with the person from New Orleans now. She has a full family, like a husband and a child. So we have downgraded to friends. But, you know, I rejoined the dating apps after Labor Day. And so I'm on Hinge. Do you guys have Hinge in Australia? Yeah, I love Hinge. I think it's really good. So I'm on Hinge, and then we have this other app called – there's an app called Field. Have you ever heard of this? Never. Most people here have, haven't even heard of it. So it's meant to be – it's as close to a grinder as, as, like, you could possibly get for, like, straight people. Or, like, it's really meant for people who are in, like, polyamorous or open relationships to people who are looking for a third. It's, like, for couples to – and it's very – sex forward in the way that like grinder would be where it's like in a way it's better than like any dating app because it's very much like this is me this is what i'm looking for it's not dressed up in any sort of weird flowery language like it's very clear well you know so just not- to interrupt you they have a new they have a new gay dating app that's like a level above grinder called sniffies do you know about sniffies <laughs> no that's uh, i haven't used it but my friend who's a massive whore uses it all the time and it's like it's even like more forward than and i think it just has your location on like all the time like it's literally for just like walk in my house and fuck me wow (laughs) so i got a little bored on hinge because that's more for like relationships and like that's what ultimately what i'm looking for but i was bored with (laughs) the sort of you sound like a gay guy you where you're like i'm actually looking for a boyfriend and you're like scrolling sniffies for like seven hours every day (laughs) (laughs) so i go on the the, the apps at the same time just more out of curiosity i went on field and of course it is there that i find my soulmate (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I now found another girl who she moved. Okay. She moved to New York a year ago with the husband. They're from Wales. They were living in Copenhagen. The, the, she's she's Welsh. So this okay. is the first person I've ever dated who like has an accent, which is like exciting for me. Okay. So and, you like the accent? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. In fact, when we when I'm the world. Oh. Well, my she sounds Australian. And for my first question, I was like, Oh, are you from Australia? And she said, No, I'm Welsh. I'm like, okay, either way, it works for me. <laughs> and she's so fantastic. Like I adore her. She's so fantastic. I mean, but she's married. How long has she thank been God married? Thank God she had, thank God she, okay, so here's, this is what's sick. So she's 38. She's been married for 18 years. They met, they met and they married when they were like 22. Are they like and Mormon so, or something? No. Oh yeah, I guess they don't think they have Mormons in Wales. <laughs> no. Um, Okay, so, and so they I, knew that when they moved, they they couldn't open up the marriage in Copenhagen because Co- they were living in Copenhagen for a very long time. And she said that Copenhagen is really repressed. There's no gay people, zero, no gay people. There's no, there's like, it's not a thing. It's not an option. And so she said they knew when they moved to New York that that is when they were going to open the marriage so that she could fuck women and he could fuck other women. Okay, so he, he he's fucking around too, and he wants to? Yes. Okay, well, that's good. At least it's not like she's forcing him to open. Because, you know, that happens sometimes, like one, and then the other person is, like, held at gunpoint to open the marriage because they think it'll save it. So I'm glad that's not happening. Why did they end up in New York? Did one of them transfer for work or something? They wanted to, and they both transferred for work. Okay, and was it kind of like they're sitting in Copenhagen and they're like, we need to get to New York so we can open up this fucking marriage? Like, <laughs> so is that the fuck? Yeah, so we can fuck. I somebody. think it all. I think it all happened at the same time. I think that they were waiting around to like make the New York thing happen, and then they were like, okay, and then they were they were off. And and apparently he has. I was like, so she told she told me that the most she has seen of one person is just three times so now i've been seeing her now like over certainly over three times so okay and she doesn't know what she wants like uh, you know i'll be like what do you want what i'm learning is people who are polyamorous are one of our more annoying groups of people they i hate them already when i see them on like social media and or i see them on an app they make me sick Tell me why. First of all, it makes me resentful because I'll be on like Hinge or something and I'm trying to find like a real partner. And then there's like a couple and I'm like, bitch, you have a partner and you're being open. I can't even get to phase one. I'm, as Bethany said, I'm below zero and you're here like with a, with a boyfriend and a husband and a mistress and a whatever. So, and they're also, I don't know, they're either just like, slutty like prep freaks or they're just like the woke like progressives that you know how you see all that you see the woke profiles of like the the weird i don't know they're just i'm not into them mm-hmm. like purple hair and, yeah like, they're not in shape and gross like no i mean yeah i mean it's it's is this woman in shape tra- yeah okay good she's she's adorable she she's so if she wasn't so 
if I didn't find her so charm, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be involved if like I wasn't turned on by her, but like she's incredible. I mean, I can't, I don't want to, I can't say where she works, but she's very, she's, she's probably the most, the most intelligent person I've ever dated. So is this, it's not just a physical thing? Like you like her beyond the physical? No, I would want her to be my girlfriend, but unfortunately she has a full husband. And does she have any intention of leaving the husband? I don't think so. She's, and that's the other, I don't think so. She says, no, things are great. And I'm like, okay, how great can they be if like you're each dating other people? I don't know. Mm. A lot of my friends have been like, yeah, that was me. Like I was telling a story to a friend, a friend who was married to a man and then got divorced because she realized later in her 30s that she was gay. And I was telling her the story the other week and she's like, that was me. She's like, I married my guy really, you know, young in my 20s and then realized later, but I don't know. Apparently this girl used to hook up with women before, you know, I guess in her early 20s and teens before she got married. I just don't know what, (laughs) I think it's mentally ill to get married at 22. Mm, I wish I got married at 22. I think that would be cute. That is so, Um, (laughs) that is so young. It makes no sense at all. I mean, I don't know. People did it back in the day. So, do you think she is she's not she's not a repressed lesbian that married a guy. She's bisexual for sure. She's I think she's bisexual, yeah. And is she just like is she just a highly sexual person you think that hasn't been able to let the freak flag fly and now she's in mm, New York? It's like she I can I think so. Yeah. And do you think that she do you think she's having sex with the husband, having sex with you? And then also, like, having sex with all these other people and maybe having, like, threesomes with the husband and other women and... So, no, I don't think that's going on now because I think she knows that if I knew all of that, that would... I would lose my number, like, get me out... Like, (laughs) you're you're getting out of my phone. I never... Please never speak to me again. Um, I... No, I think that like when she's like with somebody, she's with them. But I will say, because this also is like, I've done this before, it's speeding up the train to, it's it's entered annoy- the annoying phase for me. The, the annoying phase where she's annoying or you're just like annoyed with yourself because you're like, this is going nowhere and why am I in this? I'm not annoyed with myself. I'm annoyed. I get annoyed with like the parameters of like, oh, like I, I would want, like I'm walking around feeling like I have a girlfriend be like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And then like, literally I was like, oh, what are you up? What, what are you doing this weekend? Do you want to do something? And she's like, we have a wedding. Like we have a wedding and then we have somebody staying with us. I'm like, I never want to see you get like, this is deranged. <laughs> like, this is, this is not good. What is the general is not- track record in general, not just with you, but I guess in general with these straight straight women that end up having lesbian flings that are married because, I mean, Bronwyn is the the icon of that. What is the track record of, like, them actually turning into a real relationship that lasts as opposed to I've had my fling with another woman and now I'm going back to Dick? Well, it's not her going back. She's married. Well, I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, st- but just in general, like staying well, with the husband or going back they, to men or... Well, I'll give just the two examples. I have the girl in New Orleans, like she is married to, like she date, And I think I wouldn't be surprised if she's still dating women. I saw her about a year ago and we still keep in touch, but like I don't ask if she's like dating. But she, I think 
the choice the, the decision to like get divorced after like these people have been married for like 20 years it's a much graver decision than kind of like the newer like gays i know who like get married and divorced like within a span of three yeah. years which is very common yeah, and also I guess if you've been married for that long and you want to keep the marriage alive, you're going to do different things to keep it going. And one of them might be like, look, let's open the marriage for a while. And they could have it open for like a few years and then close it again later on. Once my got it out my of the friend, system. my friend said, my friend who's a tiny bit older, who used to like work in the sex industry. And she said, I was telling her the story and she's like, relationships like these, meaning like, an open relationship or a poly relationship, whatever. She goes, it never stays the same. It evolves, like the whole thing will evolve and either it tips one way or another. So either those relationships wind up truly breaking up or they wind up closing it up. Like there's no way for it to just maintain. It can maintain for a while, but eventually, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I get a bad feeling about this one. I think this is. Do you want to hear a fucking, fucking crazy story? Yeah, yeah I, I, I want to. I mean, it's not about getting out. I can just like. Well, you want to get out, but the sex is too good, basically, and you have feelings for her, so it's like I do. Have, I do. Ca- I care about her. Um, it's hard, uh, but but it's hard when the sexual chemistry is like because that just overpowers everything. So even if they're yeah. like, it's this so annoying. It's just like, oh my god, I want to fuck you, like, and you can't get away. So the friend who I was talking about. The one who who was telling me, like, it tips one way or the other. So listen to this. I met this woman. So she's a trans woman. She and is married to another trans woman. Did I tell you this? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Your, your brain is about to explode. Okay? <laughs> Literally cut out everything we recorded up into this. This is about to be the most fucking interesting thing that's ever. Okay, go. Okay. I said, how did you meet? Oh, I don't, I don't want to say the names. I was yeah. like, how did you meet? The wife, like she's married to another trans woman. She goes, and I- I'm going to imitate what she said. She goes, because she told me the story in person. She goes, when I met, you know, Andy, we'll just make up a name. When I met Andy, he was a man, like a big, like a manly man. I'm like, how did you meet? She goes, on a BDSM app. I think she said a BDSM app or a sex, sex app, something like that. He was married to a woman. They were living on Long Island. My friend was, you know, in her tr- already transitioning, living in Brooklyn. They met on an app. He would go over there. They would have sex. And eventually, they fall in love. He leaves the wife for my friend, the trans woman. And then several years into their relationship, says, you know, I think I want to explore living as a woman too. And so then he transitioned and, and began taking hormones. And now they are ma- a legally married female, female couple. So your trans friend and then Andy, is your trans friend still attracted to Andy now that Andy's gone from being a big burly man to a trans woman? So she said that she didn't, I I said, like, how did you, it's like you were living in Brooklyn, just looking to fuck a man, like you want a gay man, like that's what we're looking for here. And she said that 
she didn't know how it was going to be once Andy started taking hormones. And then she's, she's so fucking in love with this Andy. She's like, she goes, the next, this is an exact quote from like last week. She goes, the next time you come over, you need to feel Andy's skin. And I'm thinking, I really don't need to. Like, I am not attracted to, like, I'm more attracted to the, I'm a bit infatuated with with the one who is my friend. I don't really know Andy that well, the partner as well. I mean, I don't know the partner really at all. <laughs> I've like been in the same room. And yeah. so she's she's told me actually the biggest shocker was she told me that she had slept with women. Like when she was like a twink, she is like a former self-described twink. She's like, I used to f- sleep with women. I'm like, and I was like, what? Like, that was the most shocking thing I had ever heard. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah, I just wanted to explore everything. She's like, I want to explore everything about my gender. I want to explore everything about other people. She's like, yeah, I loved going down on women. And I was like, okay, wow. Okay, so they, they must have some, I mean, it's. I guess it's kind of like two bottoms dating. That's no, probably she's what it a, is. No, now. she's a top. The the irony she's so and no so not Andy the the twink one is the top your friend she's is not the a top. she's not a twink anymore yeah. but she is a yeah she'll like top you from the bottom okay <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually thought that because when you were describing because I was my mind was thinking straight away like who's the top and who's the bottom and when you said that. The Andy one was like a big man that was married. I'm like, I bet Andy was the bottom because that's mm-hmm. what it always is. It's 100%. always the over masculine ones and stuff yeah. that are married are like totally the bottom. People don't get that that aren't in the community. It's like, no, that's like very common. Like the more the more fucking masculine these guys look, like the more chance they'll be a bottom. Like the more roided up they are and with the beards and stuff, it's like bottom. <laughs> Would you ever see like that? I mean, if I'm being really honest with you the reason going back you know the app field which is where i met my girl the truth is the reason why i went on that app is because i kind of like was looking for my like i am attracted to trans women and i I was like me there's something in me that is attracted to trans women and maybe it's because i get to like be with the gay guy which is like what i want to be with anyway without the fucking psycho I get the woman, which I'm more attracted to, but I don't have to deal with like the psychotic female oh, brain. The, yes, yes. Like women are such a nightmare. Like it's enough to make me just be like, all right, I don't want. No, to we talk about. I mean, when you've come on, like we've talked about this a few yeah. times about how insane women are. Like they're nuts. They are truly. I mean, if I could repeat some of the things that my female friends have said and I've observed, I mean, I've like flat out stopped being friends with people because they are like on another level. <laughs> you, what you're trying to say, you just stopped being friends with women because no. they're women. <laughs> I know. I Meanwhile, found you gave women. the whole speech before women stick together. It's so great. And then like five minutes, you're like, no, I can't even be friends with a woman. They're, they're insane. Also, they're also toxic as hell. <laughs> I no, truly it's a different level of sorry guys it's true like it's a different level of craziness with chicks like sometimes sometimes female friends like that are in a relationship and they want my advice they will they'll tell me what the problem is or whatever and I'm like you're mentally ill like you're literally like you're imagining things that didn't happen you've created a scenario over here like you need help and they're like, like yeah, what Leslie- should I do and you're like um <laughs> 
get medication. Then, so, so then put two women together. It is psychological warfare. So would you, since you're attracted to trans women, have you have you ever considered being with just like a guy or a, or no. a twinkie guy? No. And if no. you were with it. If you're with a trans woman, then are you going to be like bottoming for the trans woman? Listen, I didn't. I never got that far. Obviously, like I got. A, I, I listen. It, it, it landed me. This is this is the road I took to get to my married woman. It's like at the end, like the heart just wants what it wants. Like, great, here I am in like married a bit confused, girl. Confused, I think. I mean, it's like, a, yeah, the trans women. I'm now I'm on a I'm on an app for polyamorous. I'm I want to date a man. But I don't I, can't I never be with said, women. I never said or, I want to date. <laughs> you want to date a twink. Want to date a twink in a wig? Like it's. <laughs> You're going to hell. I never. I, did. I, <laughs> I think this relationship's not going anywhere with the polyamorous woman. Yeah. So. I'm sure you're already on the app still. Well, no, yeah, options. no. Of, well, no, yeah. I'm not looking at field anymore. I've been on hinge dates, but like the people, they're like one and done. They're just like one date wonders. They're one season wonders. They're they're duds. It's a bunch of fucking Diana Jenkins out there. <laughs> and it's a bunch of like Suttons. It's like well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How funny is Suttons dating like? I mean, it's like ridiculous, but she honestly, is you'll one never of the get best. It housewife she is so good for the show you and uh you and zach both have disastrous love lives i mean (laughs) you know zach peter our friend um i don't have had some zach's had some love dilemmas that i don't approve of and i've i've made it very clear to him on many occasions um i'm sure he'll be thrilled that you're saying this publicly i think he'll i don't think he'll mind actually i think oh yeah, maybe I should. No, I think, but I think he likes some people talk about him. I think he enjoys. Uh, he's the very attention. much all press is good press. Yeah, he is, and you know, I'm just not feeling Zach's situation ship at the moment. Um, okay, tell tell everyone where they can find you, what you've got going on. Plug Fire Island again. Like, oh yeah, way. yeah. So you guys, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, JessXNYC. Hot takes and deep dives is my weekly podcast, and then I did a docu series on. The History of Fire Island, which has like Margaret Cho, Joel Kim Booster, Matt Rogers. And yeah, I have brand new episodes that I've been recording for hot takes, including Brandy and Julie. That's going to be out very soon. And like John Cameron Mitchell, like really interesting, fun new guests. So yeah. Amazing. Guys, check it out. I love Jess's podcast. It's great. And she has a Fire Island one, which we actually did an episode about that. So if you're new here, go back. Jess has been on the show many, many times. So check it out. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next time. You can trace Bye, the guys. course of my relationships by yeah. my appearance. <laughs> you can. <laughs> <laughs>